everyone. Welcome to Academy Outcasts, a cinematic education from one friend to another. I am your host, Morgan Spatola. Miyamo Thomas. Hi. Morgan, como estas? Uh, pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I don't know Spanish, though. Good. Okay. <laughs> Estoy muy listo para uh, mi podcast. You're Contigo. Right. I don't know what Contigo is, but you're ready for the podcast. I got that much. Yes. Woohoo! With you, I think, is Contigo. Oh, I have no idea. Contigo, Hannah, Contigo. Isn't that a song, too? No idea. Oh, okay. Well. Um, so, anyway, uh... How's your week been, Morgan? Good. Have you seen any good movies lately? I saw Coco on Netflix. That one came out a long time ago, though. I know, but I didn't see it, because, I don't know, it just... It didn't seem like a Pixar movie to me, but I liked it because it was original and because it wasn't a sequel. It wasn't Cars 400 or Toy Story <laughs> 17. Deuce point two five times cubed meter. Incredibles 2 is in theaters that now. That is actually, also. I actually kind of really want to see that. Um, even though, and I think we had this discussion, is I want to see it, but I don't know what it's about. Because oh yeah, we talked about that. The previews are just kind of like, we're back! And yeah. here are the Incredibles, and we're back in Incredible. so here we are being Incredible. Um, um, so I, I don't know what it's about. I don't know what it's about, but um, anyway, so yes, we got that. It's just about that incredible family. I know. Just so incredible. You know, uh, you know what? This would have been a great segue. Um, let's table this conversation, because I want to do a Pixar-themed show one of these days, okay. even though you've seen a lot of them, haven't you? I feel like I have, but maybe not in recent years. Okay. I'm not I, sure. I know you've seen Ratatouille because you're a, yes. a foodie. I did like that movie a lot. And, and see, now that's... I don't know why they don't have like a restaurant that is 100% Ratatouille themed. Because they need more restaurants, like good restaurants in Disneyland. Oh, yeah, like, at Disneyland, there, yeah. There's only like a handful, like one or two like actual, actual restaurants, not so, like going up to a counter and ordering. Or so whatever. Ratatouille is French. It's all French cuisine. So where would they put that? The New Orleans Square. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, they already you, have restaurants in the New Orleans they Square, They do, though. and they have that one. They have the Blue Bayou and the Pipes of Caribbean, yeah. which, eh. Um, but and then they have the one off to the side where it's 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 kind of like tucked away and that's a really nice restaurant. But I mean, they could revamp that. You talking about the that. one with the little like patio and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you can get like some gumbo and the Cajun fries and the I don't, I don't know. Um, Is that the bread bowl place? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's, that's okay. The one that's across from the bread bowl place. Yes. Basically. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. We're talking about the same place. Okay, yeah. Again. Most definitely. So yeah, it's like when you <laughs> come never out been of the to that Pirates one, of the Caribbean ride, you know, it's 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 a little bit further. I've never anyway, I've never been to that it's, one. It's 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 again, it's one of like the maybe two or three actual sit down waiter comes over to your table, you leave a tip, all that crap, you know, type of restaurant. So it's really good. I really like it. And if you're if you're to see the Fantasmic show or whatever yeah. it's called, um, that's a great place to sit too. Uh, Oh, get like a piece of cake. Good idea. Yeah. yeah, my um my mom always liked to do it on the cheap, so okay. we barely ever went to the restaurants. Because you don't have to like beg for the the bread bowls. Those are my favorite. Those are, like, yeah. Please can we get a bread bowl, even though it's like seventeen dollars. Like, they're really expensive. I remember yeah. that much. It's so. ridiculous. So I, I love people watching, but you you 
do people watching in Disneyland and you just lose faith in humanity. You're just like, we are animals. We are, we are farm animals just with like kids on leashes. Oh my God. And just these, just people waddling all over the place. Were and you ever a leash kid? No. I was no, a no, leash no. kid. I would just book it. Yeah. And so just I had to have that. a leash. Like I would just run like one time, like my mom always tells a story when I was four years old, we were in Washington DC and I just fucking took off down oh, the God. street and she oh, was no. just chasing me this little four-year-old just like bye yeah. and just like just booking it <laughs> down the street so then i was a leash kid yeah yeah this is like why why is this list not disney pixar i don't know theme? why the Jeez. fuck are we I'm, talking I'm not sure, about I'm disney i'm sure how we even got uh sidetracked on disneyland and, whatever and us being kids and okay anyway. well so i got i got a little bit of a of a different unique episode for you okay so last episode was what musicals yes which was fun yes and i've been singing hello dolly the, the yes. sunday shoes on repeat. closed yep yep and you've loved every second of it um, um sure we'll say that yeah uh but now so here are uh, some issues not issues but things that uh, how do I phrase this? That not rub me the wrong way because I think that's a too heavy term. But uh, there are some movies that I know that you just won't pick, and it frustrates me to death because you probably wouldn't like these movies, even though you should. Like Silence of the Lambs, you Ew, should like no. that Oscar-winning, amazing movie. But I know that there are some movies you just will not watch. Um, but there are some also movies that I put on the list that I put on the list really only for a couple scenes that I just want you to see. Like there's in my mind, I'm like, oh, she has to see that movie for that scene or for that scene. And that'll be, you know, what makes her like the movie. But the rest of it, the other 90% of the movie you may not like, or maybe boring or may drag on. So what we're doing is we're going to be altering the structure of this a little bit. And I'm going to be listing out some movies here, and I'm going to be describing two scenes that are in this movie that uh-huh. I think will really pop and are really awesome that you need to see. Because I feel like you'll never see the movie as a whole from beginning to end. But as long as you see these scenes in these movies, I will be satisfied. So this is really more of a self-indulgent uh, episode for so are, moi. Are we watching the whole movie? We're not watching the whole movie. That's oh. the thing. We're going to be picking a movie, and then we're going to be watching two scenes. Weird. Like, okay. like five, ten minute scenes uh-huh. in each one. And so just so you can see it. Okay. And you don't have to be burdened by the entire two hours of a movie <laughs> okay. that I know you'll never pick. Perfect. Anyway, so again... Given that these are movies that you wouldn't normally pick, they might be a little darker, might be a little more uh, depressing, might be a little bit more um, doom and gloom. I don't know why I said it like that, but anyway, all right, you ready for this like weird new episode of Scenes? Yeah, I'm kind of apprehensive, but um, why I, are you apprehensive? I trust you because it's outside of the normal, normal uh, structure that we do. I know. So, all right, lay it on me. Throwing you a curveball. Yeah, let's do it. Do you not like this? No, let's do it. Do you not like it? I. It's fine. Come on. I don't want it to be just fine. Give me that list. I thought it was clever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here I am. I'm going to lightly powder you with that list. Okay. I'm not going to hit you with it. Hit me with no, the list. No. <laughs> Episode 24, Scenes. That's what I'm labeling it as. <laughs> so we're calling it? Okay, great. Just scenes. Scenes. And scene. Okay. Anyway, all right. So a movie you'll never, ever watch is There Will Be Blood. Okay. With Daniel Day-Lewis, who plays Daniel Plainview, 
And this is how Daniel Day-Lewis talks. This is Daniel Plainview. Okay. This is my son and partner. Anyway, so there's two scenes in this movie that won him the Oscar. All right? Like, undoubtedly. Um, Inquivalibly. Um, Improhansibly. You're just making up words now. Yeah, I know, but you get my point. Okay. Anyway, amazing. So the first scene that I want you to see is when... Uh, he's basically trying to get all of this land uh, so that he can pump more oil out of it. And that's basically what the movie is about is he's, he's, he's trying to get all this oil and just become rich off of it. Um, but there's uh, this old man that is not going to part with his land until he gets baptized by this crazy, like, twisted backwards church that's in the middle of nowhere in, like, New Mexico. What the fuck? Um, and so uh, he, and he's totally, totally not for that. He doesn't even want it. He offers a ridiculous sum of money, um, and the old man is is persistent that he has to be baptized. So he finally goes and, be, and he's baptized, but he's baptized by kind of his enemy, like his, his kind of, not rival, but... Um, this this preacher that's been kind of in his way for the longest of times, and uh, just it's just a it's a creepy, eerie, just kind of like gives you chills um, kind of scene, and yeah. it just freaks you out. But I mean, he it's it's I'm 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 coining this scene. I abandoned my child because that's what he has to like shout because he ultimately does that, um, and it's an amazing thing. I mean, you really I mean you're you're the hair on your arms, the back of your neck will stand up. I Ugh. think when you see this, okay, and then of course, so okay, here's also a. Th- theme. It's a very intricate list that I got going on okay. here. I worked really hard on this one, okay? It's <laughs> not just some stupid theme like musicals or Pixar, even though we're doing Pixar. Um, so every single movie that I'm going to be listing, the end scene will be included because okay. just like our very first episode in adaptation, what did the right or what did the, the, the screenwriter teacher say? If you can wow them in the end, you have a movie. There can be flaws in the beginning and the middle, but wow them in the end, and you got something. And I've always believed that even before I saw Adaptation is that if you have a good ending, you have a good movie. So the end scene, um, which uh, is, I'm not sure. Have you ever heard that, um, like, I drink your milkshake type thing at all? No. Oh, what? people. Are when the movie was saying? out, that was a huge deal because he goes off on this just drunken, just rant about how he's like the best oil driller and the preacher that like made him go through all this crap he's basically like shoving it in his face and then it escalates and escalates and it's 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 an amazing so okay this uh, there will be blood this is it's so good oh god it's so good what's the next one next one uh a history of violence god these sound terrible all of them amazing movies so okay let me tell you this so um What's the next movie? Like, I Kick Your Mom or something? Or, like, <laughs> Your Mom? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, the Oscar winner, I Kicked Your Mom. <laughs> like, right in the knee. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right in the soft spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was tragic. Anyway, so I'm not sure where I was, but um, <laughs> anyway, so, okay, a history of violence. So, this is amazing. William Hurt. Which has kind of... God, even his last name. I know, right? I know. History of Violence Hurt. William Hurt is amazing. You might have seen him in The Village. Uh, He was a big time, like, 80s and 90s um, actor. Um, He's one weird character in The Avengers that shows up for, like, two minutes. But anyway, he's he's relatively stepped out of the uh, the limelight uh, recently. But History of Violence, I believe, came out in 2005, if my memory serves. Um, And uh, basically, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for being in the movie for about nine minutes, which is, I think it's so cool. I mean, a lot of, you know, supporting actors, they're not in it for a while, but a lot of them, you know, have like reoccurring, you know, they're they're throughout the entire movie, but there's just one 
nine-minute segment at the very end of the movie that he's in, and he kills the character. I mean, no pun intended, but I mean, he just dominates this this character that he has, and it just comes out of nowhere, and you're just like, you're so like uh, in like a trance when you hear him talk, and when you when you see him, and maybe I'm hyping it up too much, but uh, basically to set up this scene. Um, this this guy Vigo Mortensen who played Aragon in Lord of the Rings. I know um, him. Yes, Vigo. Um, we like Vigo. We all love Vigo. Um, anyway, so he has a secret life, and uh, he used to be like a, a mercenary, like a hitman, and like he was part of this kind of mob family. And his brother, it was, is now kind of in charge of it. So he wanted to get rid of that life, and he wanted to, you know, live a simple life. So um, he like lives and starts a family, and. Uh, the brother finds out that he's alive and that he's whatever, so he's kind of bullying him or whatever. So Vigo says, okay, well, enough of this stuff. I'm going to just talk to my brother directly and see if I can finally sever our relationship and live my life peacefully. And so um, there's just this huge monologue that William Hurt has, um, his character's name Richie, um, about, about him, his relationship with his brother, his relationship with work, and why... Uh, ultimately, he needs to do what he does. So um, I labeled this scene, You Can Die, Joey. Next movie, Atonement. Not that dark and dreary, right? Even though it's pretty sad and depressing and I cry every single time I watch it. I don't know anything about this movie. So. You don't know about Atonement? No. With Keira Knightley and James McAvoy? It's no. about World War II and they're like lovers? No. And- Oh well, then I mean, I, I didn't know the other ones either. I'm but. almost, I'm almost hesitant to just have you watch these. You scenes. just said that like I was supposed to know what movie. Well, that I thought I put Atonement on the list before. I don't know. I'm not. I don't think oh, so. God. So this is probably top twenty movies. Atonement. Okay. Um, and so anyway, so here's a bold statement. I love Christopher Nolan. He's amazing. He's probably is that really a bold statement? It's no, well, no, I no. I think no. everybody loves no, Christopher no, 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 Nolan. No. I'm getting to my bold oh, statement. Okay, okay. Getting to my bold statement. Sure. So. He's amazing. Everybody loves him. Um, I feel as if, though, with, like, Interstellar and, like, Batman, a lot of these kind of douchey, meat-headed, like, filmmakers who their favorite movies are Fight Club and Scarface because they think they're all deep and brooding have latched on to this Christopher Nolan wagon and just kind of tarnished the real true fans who are like, no, The Prestige and Memento are the best films that he's done. Anyway, so Christopher Nolan... He's great. Almost a new Stanley Kubrick, which is a bold praise. But anyway, here's my bold statement. Okay. Dunkirk, his movie that just came out, that got nominated for I don't know how many things or whatever, in my mind was okay. It was okay. It was good. I thought it could have been better. I thought I thought Chris Nolan could have done a better job at Dunkirk. But everybody went all crazy over Dunkirk. And they're like, oh, yeah. probably because it was just the new Christopher Nolan movie that came out. Again, don't get me wrong. It wasn't bad. I did not like it. I liked it great. I liked it fine. I thought it could have been better. So here is where I am bringing Atonement into this conversation. Atonement has about a seven-minute scene going over the beaches of Dunkirk and the evacuation of Dunkirk. The seven minutes of this scene in Atonement, I think, is a thousand times better than the entire movie of Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. It is probably the most epic, monumental, just extremely difficult shots to have ever been made in the history of cinema. That's what I'm saying about Dunkirk in atonement it is one continuous shot oh there's like twenty thousand extras on this beach 
and they choreograph just every single moment, like, and they cue it up perfectly, mm-hmm. and they follow the characters, and they also just go around. It's it's just a symphony of just what you see on the beaches, and just a symphony of just like visual shots that you see, and at the very end it pans out and you see just like all of it in its grand scale because they get they get really intricate and with with um, all the things that you see mm-hmm. and then Dario Marianelli who's the composer for for atonement just kills it with the uh, with the score in the scene so oh god Dunkirk it's it's it'll truly make you be you know jaw dropped in awe after you see this scene and then of course um, you'll see me cry uh, with the end scene on atonement so Okay. There. So anyway, next one. Talking about Christopher Nolan. Stab my heart. <laughs> yes, basically. Okay. Some emo. This is like an emo list too. Yeah. God. Okay. So The Dark Knight. Which. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen The Dark Knight? I have. You have seen The Dark yeah. Knight. But when's the last time you've seen The Dark Knight? Oh, like a long time. A long, ago. long time. Yeah. Ago. Okay. So we got what Heath Ledger won his Oscar for, which is uh, his dialogue with batman in the prison cell Mm -hmm. um where he's basically just toying with him saying that he's you know kidnapped two characters and that he's you know kind of going to be playing with him and batman starts losing his temper and starts beating the crap out of him and he has this crazy just laugh or whatever it speaks for itself um so anyway you got the joker cell with the dark knight and then the end scene where it's commissioner gordon harvey two-face and batman basically like um going over what has happened in the entire movie and how it wasn't fair and it's damaging and harvey's uh harvey's harvey two-face is um (laughs) (laughs) oh harvey's uh harvey's uh he is threatening to like kill um james gordon's son jim gordon's son um and it's just it's just it's such a a great like exchange between these like two characters and the way that it's directed it is just amazing. Um, so you got the Joker cell in the end scene. Um, last one on the list. All right, 2001 Space Odyssey. We're going to do the beginning scene and the end scene. I can't even describe these to you, but this is a movie you'll probably never see. Uh-huh. Um, it's like two and a half hours long. It, it drags on for a bit. I think it's great. Um, but this came out in like 1968, mm-hmm. and it changed the world. Um, so anyway, beginning scene and end scene, you won't be disappointed here. So I know this is kind of a lengthy list. And I've been talking about this a lot, but I kind of liked this one I did it last time. And this will probably be the last time I do it for a good long while. But I like the mystery box aspect of last episode. So I got a mystery box. Um, and, but so he, here's the thing. This will kind of give a hint on what it is. But okay. It's three movies and three scenes for each of the movies. The mystery box is? The mystery box is three movies... With three scenes, and they're all the same movie. Is it Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. Okay, it's a mystery box, damn it. That's, that's the point of the mystery box. Just to not know, for me not to say. <laughs> so, no. Your face is awesome right now. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I know this is this is okay. Well, it's a little convoluted, and I maybe I regret this list, but okay. I still think it'll. So my choices, what well, I've narrowed it down. Well, okay. Sorry. Will you just recap? Recap the movies. Okay, the movies for okay. our listeners. Okay. There will be blood. A history of violence. <clears throat> atonement. The Dark Knight. Two thousand one Space Odyssey. And then not Lord of the Rings. And then the mystery box. Three movies. <laughs> yes okay so there will be blood a history of violence atonement dark knight 2001 space odyssey okay so for me it's between atonement atonement and 2001 space odyssey okay and it should be atonement 
It's hard for me to decide because 2001 Space Odyssey, like, is classic and I kind of want to see, like, an old-ass movie right now, but everything that you said about Atonement mm-hmm. kind of makes me want to see that. So you don't want to see a history of violence? No. Or there will be blood? No. You don't want to see Daniel Plainview <laughs> say that I drink your milkshake? The fuck? No. Um, uh... Yeah, okay, let's do Atonement. Ah! Okay, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> was... A pterodactyl just came into the recording studio. Oh, and my God. Stole your daddy. My dad. I know. Spoilers. Ah! Oh, shit. No, that episode will be out by the time this. Okay. You should all listen to Myth Takes. Yes. It's a new show on the Scavengers Network. Ah! And that was... That's the theme song to it. No, the theme song is much better. It's kind of like Robot Chicken, but just pterodactyl. Pterodactyl Chicken. Like a... But instead of that, no, 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 don't, (laughs) don't do it. All right, let's um, let's go watch then. See, why don't you talk to Robin? I do. I just move in different circles. That's all. Dear Cecilia, you'd be forgiven for thinking me mad. The truth is, I feel rather lightheaded and foolish in your presence, and I don't think I can blame the heat. Running! Do you think you could do me a favor? Run ahead and give this to see. Good heavens, you're blushing. You saw him? Yes, I saw him. I know it was him. You know it was him? I saw him with my own eyes. I love you. Come back to me. They gave me a choice. Stay in prison or join the army. My darling, I love you. I'll wait for you. No matter how hard I work, I can't escape from what I did and what it meant. The story, what's it about? A young girl who sees something which she doesn't understand, but she thinks she does.
We are back, folks, and I would like to cordially welcome you to the box office. Yeah, so for today, I want to talk about KitchenAid. KitchenAid.com is the official online store for KitchenAid countertop appliances and kitchenware. From stand mixers to cookware, coffee makers to toasters, KitchenAid is a dependable and quality household name. KitchenAid countertop appliances and kitchenware have a reputation for being the best in their class. Right now, listeners um, of our show can get 40% off select countertop appliances. So just go to bit.ly forward slash scav kitchen. That's S-C-A-V kitchen. Thomas, what about you? What do you want to talk Is about? It forward slash or backslash? I don't know. It's the slash that everyone always uses. Okay, the next on our list at the box office, ticket please, no, I don't know, um, is going to be Skillshare. Now, Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes in design, business, technology, and more. Anyone can join the millions of members in our community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. For just under $10 a month, get access to thousands of Skillshare classes taught by the world's best teachers and all of your amazing categories Skillshare has to offer. Each class has a project so you can put your new skills into practice and share your work with others in the community and around the world. For two months of free classes, go to bit.ly backslash skillscav. That's going to be, one more time, bit.ly backslash skillscav. And that's going to be the skills that you need to succeed. I might sign up for that. Ooh! Yeah. All right. So we just watched um, the Cliff Notes version of Atonement. Yeah, basically. basically. <laughs> yes, which I, I, as we were watching it, I was like, oh, no, this is unfortunate that we're just not watching the entire movie. Because ultimately, for you to truly grasp the significance of that end scene, I kind of had to fill you in on Yeah, on I mean, the, the Dunkirk scene that you were talking about. Let's talk like, about that. Yeah, so that one stands alone. Yeah. You know, but then, yeah, the end scene, you were like, wait, hang on. You yeah. Because I was like, what? Yeah, because the, there's no, you need to be a, a emotionally involved with the characters. Yeah, was, with, um, I mean, it was sad, but like, oh, yeah. I wasn't like, really upset. If you, if like, you are, if you're sitting through the entirety of the two-hour movie, that will truly get to you. Yeah, I can. Um, um, because again, you you really invest yourself in these characters. You want them to be together, and now you're hearing this the the cataclysm, which is Brawny, uh, now saying that uh, you know she was the one that tore them apart, and uh, you know she wanted to give them the time that they so deserved and longed for, but that I deprived them of in the book. Um, so it was it was great. But let's talk about first, and we'll get back to that the Dunkirk scene. Now I talked that up pretty uh, pretty heavily. We watched. It twice. We watched it twice. It was pretty good. It was it was that um, that uh, awesome. Um, so so, what did you like about it? What stood out in that scene? What stood out? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know necessarily that there was any single thing that stood out except for like the sad part where they were killing the horses because oh like God. I couldn't fucking handle that. But um, 
I mean, what, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It's just exactly how you described it, really. It was like, it was just like all this stuff was going on and it was just all in one single camera shot and you just had all these little, like, vignettes that they were walking mm. past, basically, um, you know, going on on this beach where these troops are just stranded. They have nowhere else to go and everyone is like, some people are, like, distraught. Mm. Some people are, like, shell-shocked. You got some people that actually, like, know what they're supposed to be doing and they're, like, doing things, orders from their commanders and you got other people just like just going crazy because they're just like well we're fucked so let's just fucking have a good time you know and it was just very interesting to see so many things going on all in one while while the characters are walking around trying to kind of grasp like the gravity of the situation Mm -hmm. and um yeah, I don't know. It was just, like, really cool. And, like, and then we were talking about it, and I was like, how did they, like, how do you even do that? Because, like, the final shot of the scene is showing the entirety of everything that they just walked through completely Which laid out amazing. in front of them. Yeah, and it's a good, like, five, ten seconds of just a steady cam of, yeah. of what we just went through. Yeah, you know? and there's a lot of people. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people there's, standing down there. And There's far like, more extras in that scene than the entire movie of Dunkirk. Yeah. And that's like a big thing that they walked through and they did it all in one shot. And I'm just like racking my brains trying to figure out how you would even begin like organizing Mm -hmm. such a shot. And I wonder how long it took them to get the shot and how long, you know, like, oh, it's just like wild. It was so crazy. They had to cue everything just so perfectly. And they they needed, I mean, the beach was alive. I mean, it was just this symphony of people doing all these crazy things. And you were able to see... Uh, you know, you're able to taste uh, a little bit of each one and each each little group of people or single uh, persons had like their own story. You saw the guy who was crying. You saw the guy after you saw the guy who was crying. You, there was a guy sunbathing mm-hmm. and you saw a mother and a daughter like kind of embracing themselves. And you saw that choir, you know, singing a song and, um, you know, and then just just craziness with like the carousel and everything like that. So it, in, it was just odd that everything had to be alive. Everything had to be in, mo- in mm-hmm. motion as they as they were doing that. And then some things had to be specifically cued. Um, with uh, in correlation with the actors and the cameraman, yeah. which I mean, a hell of a job for the cameraman, whoever was doing that, because I mean, one screw up on his part, or really one screw up in anybody's part, yeah. you're gonna have to do that from the very beginning mm-hmm. once again. And I mean, I can only imagine how expensive that scene was because they oh, needed all those extras there on that day with the sun, with the lighting. And they rehearsed it. Like, you oh, know, yeah. they rehearsed it. So oh, they, they had, had to pay to. everyone to rehearse it, too. How, how many know? times like, did they re- rehearse it, too? Yeah. And so it's, uh, it, it truly is amazing. And you really had, uh, you know, a lot of pressure on everybody to, to, to get this right. Um, so it's, I think just the, the Marvel is that it was all done in one shot. The, the mm-hmm. choreography was so great. How you mm-hmm. cued everything up. Um, it hasn't been done since like something of that grand scale has not been done in like one single shot. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame because that the uh, atonement I believe came out in 2007. So what it's been 11 years and you haven't seen you know, I dare anybody to say, oh, yeah, this one scene or this one shot is comparable to Joe Wright's Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, you just, you don't see that anymore. And it's a shame, but um, I, yeah, it's, it's an amazing, it's probably one of my favorite shots if I had to classify shots in uh, cinema history. How do you think they pulled that off? Because, like, even, like, if somebody screwed up, mm-hmm. like, like they couldn't yeah. call cut or whatever, no, you know. No. Like how do you, how do you think they manage that? I mean, I really do think that they just had these just just groups of people, and then they just kind of 
they they kind of micromanage just by groups. And yeah. They just bounce from one group to another, one group to another. And there's like a team you know. leader for each group or exactly, something. Exactly. Like. So it's like, okay, you guys are dealing with the horses. Um, you guys are going to be crying. You guys are going to be singing. You guys are going to be riding in the horses. Yeah. You know, we're going to have somebody in a speakerphone be like, all right, go, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. Um, you know, and so they just kind of, because if you, if you were to manage it on a grand scale, just the entirety of it, I feel like it would be impossible. No, not at all. You know, so you yeah. just had to like bounce from these like clusters of, of things that you're, you know, directing and managing. And I feel like nowadays it almost could be easily done with a drone, <laughs> like just kind of following yeah. these people around. But like they probably, I don't think that was a thing back then. Oh, God, no, no, right. God, Drones no. are like way no. newer than that. Yeah. So I wonder like, you know, they were like basically just following this guy on their mm-hmm. like SETI cam rig or whatever yeah. the fuck it was, you know, like, I don't know. It's just like, so yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it just blows my mind. That's so know, wild. It's, because it's just, and I mean, it's, oh, there's just so much there. And again, and, Again, I was a little disappointed with with Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk because literally you saw like maybe like a hundred guys in one scene, and it mm-hmm. was just like you know in the previews. I'm not sure if you saw the previews, you probably didn't, but there's a, there was this one like money shot that Christopher Nolan had, which was you saw probably a hundred people on like the the pier like bridge or whatever the boardwalk on Dunkirk, and then you see one guy look up in the sky and he hears something, mm-hmm. and you see another guy look up and then another guy look up, and then all of a sudden the hundreds of people turn their heads in one motion and like in one second and you just saw all these faces like looking up in the sky with this like dread and terror um and i thought christopher nolan was going to just basically do that and just multiply it and just keep on with it but really that was really the only kind of big coordinated you know uh uh, scale thing that they had Mm -hmm. in, in that movie and i was i was really hoping like you know, I feel like Joe Wright would have been a better director if they if they could have just done that scene, but added a little bit more on yeah. either end of it and yeah. made a movie just about Dunkirk. So yeah, well, I think that's the reason why I was I was disappointed. The people who know this scene, the people who admire it for what it is, you know, I feel like should be disappointed by Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Well, and I mean, it's I don't know. It's like it really speaks to like the gravity of the you know historical situation. Like yeah. you know, like you really. I think that the scene made it easier to grasp just how many people were there and what the chaos really was. Because, like, even though we are, like, you know, going through these little vignettes or whatever, but, like, it's just chaos. Like, there's, you know, you see some people, like I said, some people are following or seem to be following orders and other people are just goofing off Mm -hmm. and they they walk up to the commander right when it first begins and they go, well, what do we do? And the guy goes, just sit. I don't know. Yeah, you gotta. Nothing. And he's, uh, he doesn't know. He's already confused. Yeah. And and how do you, how do you manage that? How do you, how do you, how do you govern you know, exactly. Beach full of, I, th- I literally think the number, like historically, was like three hundred thousand people, which is such a inconceivable number. To yeah. have of, of people. Of yeah, and like it know. just breaks down at some point, especially yeah. when there's nothing for anyone to do, and, and, and you're kind of just like waiting to die because I mean, yeah. like, a lot of what they what they would do, and you saw this in Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk, is um, like the the Nazis would like like put out flyers like near the towns like around saying uh-huh. like we're coming after you yeah like, we're coming to get you yeah um so that they would be all you know disoriented and everything like that so um you know and then you had you had uh, armies from the french english you know belgian you know everything like that so it was just it was chaos and um you really did see that in the scene yeah so, all right what well, do you Wild. want to move on to the to the end scene yes, here the end what do you think about that um well i guess it was just confusing because it was kind of out of context so that was a shame um it was like super sad yeah oh it was so yeah. sad that like they just she was like well they died yeah. so hmm, sorry I know. I know. and then they show them 
So what so what was she saying that basically she wrote a happy ending into the book? Basically? Yeah. Okay. So in the movie you saw Bronnie reconcile with both uh Cecilia and um and Rodney um and or Robbie rather. Um and you know they they come out and then they they've met up again and they fall in love and they're together and that just never happened. Yeah. Um so, you know, and that's she was that's, saying yeah, she was saying I caused them to be apart. So mm-hmm. basically you gave me the rundown was that like like way early on, like um Bronny was a little bit confused about some things that happened and basically accused Robbie of raping somebody, yeah. even though she had no idea what she was talking about, but yeah. she was twelve years old. And so his chance or his options were to go to prison or to enlist. And mm-hmm. so he enlisted in the army, and then that's why the two lovers were kept apart. And yeah. then basically at the end of the movie she reveals, she's like, Well, no, they're not they yeah. never got together because um, you know, he died. Mm-hmm. Did she say he died at Dunkirk? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the, so the he died at Dunkirk, which yeah. is like that's super sad. Yeah. Um and then um yeah, he died, and then uh, she died during a, a bomb sister, yeah. bomb raid. Yeah, the sister died. How during great a bombing of a scene raid, was so. that when the water comes oh, that was rushing awful. in? Oh my I god, mean, that was so terrible. And just imagine. So uh, the, the, I thought they showed a little bit more, but all you saw was Cecilia just like floating. Yeah, but. I mean, imagine the just, just terror of seeing like, everybody. Like, I can't even imagine. As you're drowning, so awful. Looking at everybody around oh my you God. drowning as well. I know, that's well. so terrible. You know, it's just like, oh, we're all dying right now, you know? Yeah. Just, that's the last thing you see. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was pretty terrible, but I, I, I just, I, I mean, cause you had that close up shot of the actress, which uh, her name is escaping me right now, but no, 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 oh. of, of the older bride. <laughs> oh, 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 right. And, and I thought she did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And, and see, I feel like what a lot of people do as like acting, see, I, when I started acting, it was in high school and like the first couple years in, in college. And then I started moving on to like movies or whatever. But when I try to make my movies, I get people who obviously aren't like professional actors and mm-hmm. they're usually like, you know, friends or people that I know that have been in the theater or whatever. But what I feel like people do that aren't like trained or whatever, for lack of a better term. And this is coming from, I sound like I'm on a high horse right now because like, I know all the answers, but I'm, I mean, I do the same thing myself is that people are so worried about messing up their lines that they rush through it uh, and they don't take the time to she, actually deliver it. She took, oh, she her, took time. her time. She made you beg for it. I mean, it she, was so good. Yeah, it yeah, really no, was. But the pauses she took yeah. and the look, I mean, you could you could see in her mind that she was processing yes. what she wanted to say yeah. because, I mean, you're playing a character who's thinking about what they're saying next. You yeah. Know? So if, if you're just kind of like, oh, here's my line, here's my line, here's my line, and here's my line, then it's just like, okay, well, now you're just talking at yeah. me right now. Yeah. You know? And especially when you have, like, you know, breaking just fourth on her wall, face and just looking it. right yeah. at you, looking at the audience. Yeah. You know, it really did. Um, and, and that was a uh, director's choice, too. I mean, he, he decided to have this just crazy, you know, black drop in the back, mm-hmm. just her mm-hmm. um, with her big, bright blue eyes that's just all you talking. Can focus on, you know, yeah. And you can see the and I mean that's I mean the reason why the movie is called Atonement. I mean she was atoning for what she what happened, what she what she did. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that was um that was that was big for her. And and then but see what I liked more about that end scene, great uh great acting of course, but it's what really pulls on the heartstrings is that last scene where you see them in that cottage 
um, like on the on the cliffs or whatever on the beach. Yeah. Um, and they're like having a good time, and that's just like you know what, what's your interpretation of that? Because My I always thought that that was maybe is is it is it what Bronny was hoping for? It was it what she put in the book? Was this maybe like an afterlife type thing that you're seeing here? I don't know because I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> I was gonna ask you that because yeah. the the last thing that we get from them is Robbie kind of looking out into the distance right. with this sort of like kind of like sudden understanding or this like this flash of something flashes on his face yep. and, and like they're having a good time and they're walking back into the house and then he looks and something not good flashes uh-huh. across his face and so I was I was going to ask you what you thought oh, of that because see, like I, I haven't seen that. the movie I don't fucking know I love that <laughs> see that that look because I mean they're both looking at something as they're going into the house Kieran just kind of looks at it as she's smiling and then walks in and then Robbie stops smiling and then kind of processes it and you don't know what they're looking at maybe they're just looking off in the distance but yeah. there is that change in his face yeah. that he's realizing something he's processing something he's you know coming to this weird realization or maybe acceptance, you know, yeah. of, of what? Of that, you know, this is the only way that I can be with her, maybe in death. Is this the only way that I can possibly entertain, um, you know, this this idea that I'm back with her? Is in this, like, book, in this fictional book? Is it transcending to something? You know, it's 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 it really is amazing. Yeah, that and, was, like, wild. Yeah, yeah it was really weird. That's the, that's the last shot. And then, yeah. Yeah, and then you pan out and you just see the entirety of it. Yeah. And then cut to black. Dario Marianelli dominating as a composer, directed by Joe Wright. Overall, very depressing movie. Oh, God. I'm glad I didn't have to watch the whole thing. Oh, you need to watch the whole thing. (laughs) I don't like sad movies. No, no, no. You need to see the entirety of it because you will cry after after seeing uh, that because again you just get so like you root for these characters to be yeah. together and like you're just you're so like oh no this happened and that happened you know um so it was almost it's, it's very kind of romeo juliet-esque a little bit i just too, but. i don't like sad movies yeah. and i don't like feeling like a bummer after <laughs> spending two hours of my life watching something it's just not really what i'm into yeah, it makes you feel alive mm-hmm. man no it makes me feel sad <laughs> It just okay. makes me sad, and then I'm just a bummer all day, and Aww. I'm just I'm just not really into that. So okay, well, know, but, it's an amazing movie. But we got the Cliff Notes, which is very yes. much my style. Oh, I'm yes, very much is. into that. So, uh-huh. um, so there's that. But great scenes, great movie. We should have just picked the movie. I should have just put that as a. I'm pretty sure I did in the earlier episodes. Sounds like, familiar because it's a movie that I. I mean, it's it's top. Top 20, maybe top 10, in my opinion. I mean, the name sounded familiar, but then, like, your little description of what it was, I was uh, like, I've never heard of this. Okay. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 hmm. amazing. And, I mean, shot for shot, it's probably... Joe Wright will never make another... A, a better movie than what he's done with Atonement. That's, yeah. And that's his curse and blessing. <laughs> um, but he really won't. He really won't. Well... I think that's going to do it for us, huh? Okay. And with uh, episode 24. Wow. Next episode is 25. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, that's going to do it for us. Big thank you to uh, the Scavengers Network for yep. having us on. A uh, host of other great shows like Historical Hotties mm-hmm. with Whitney and Lindsay. Uh, Bad Pen Pal. Bad Pen Pal with Colin and whomever he has on. And State I, Your Case. State Your Case. And, Are you just going to say all of them? And Myth. <laughs> Takers, That's what I was trying to no, myth takes. Just myth takes. Myth tucking. Oh my god, you're embarrassing me. With Liam Neeson. So the one that I wanted. <laughs> myth taken. Myth taken. <laughs> yes. We have a certain set of myths. 
Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I wanted to um, highlight Myth Takes today because that is one that I am on, um, as well as a lot of other people on the network. So basically, it's a show where we play a role-playing tabletop game um, called Monster of the Week, and um, there's like 12 people on the show, so it's just a rotating cast. You don't really know who you're going to get from arc to arc, but I'm on the first arc. Yeah. Um, there's some intro episodes that are already out that are basically the 12 people that are on the cast introducing their characters and then the the episode proper that is coming out on the 21st um is the first episode of the first story arc which i am in so that will that's the 21st that's thursday yeah so it came out yesterday if you're listening to this (laughs) the day that we release it so um so definitely check it out it's it's been a lot of fun so far and gogo done stole your daddy i gotta go get my dad back it really is myth taken i know like my dad got taken taken. now you gotta call the gargoyle big spoilers everybody but you know it already came out so go listen to it you'll understand what i'm talking about phone call to the gargoyle Us, you can find us on um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, at Academy Outcasts. So go give us a like, rate, subscribe, share with your friends if you like what you hear. And uh, that's going to be it. So I have been your host, Morgan Spatola. I've been your co-host, Thomas Jernigan. Thank you so much for listening. And that's a wrap. Woo!